Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Okay, welcome listeners. We are here at the Light of Seven Matchsticks in Worthington, Ohio, with the Matchsticks crew. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hello. So we're just going to go around, and I want you to introduce yourselves. We'll start here. I'm Kiara Wakeham. I'm Tess Webster. I'm Lana Baker slash Dolores DeLuca. (laughs) I'm Chris Merrick. PJ Ford. All right. Welcome, guys. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So we are here in the basement, basically, of Natalie's Coal Fired Pizza. What is the connection between Natalie's and Light of Seven Matchsticks? Um, it's same ownership. Um, when Natalie's uh, Coal Fired Pizza was about like five years old, they uh, got slapped by their landlord saying they had uh, they recognized their basement as a separate space, so they like doubled their rent pretty much. And being like the resourceful people they are, they're just like, well, let's turn it into a speakeasy, and they uh, kind of like flipped it really quickly. Um, they'd had this whole vibe that they like really loved from like you know speakeasies and like they're huge like movie and music buffs and that's where uh the name light of seven matchsticks come from it comes from a uh, moonrise kingdom the uh wes anderson movie um it's one of the books that uh susie bishop reads but uh yeah so they uh opened this kind of like almost out of necessity but it's like been like raised up to be this like uh thing that's lasted five years and five and a half now and yeah, and foster these great humans. Yeah. And PJ, you're the manager? Yeah. And you guys were the first speakeasy in Columbus, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, we, like, don't labor ourselves as much, you know? Like, we're like, definitely, like, influenced. But, like, yeah, I think, like, because we're in a basement and there's no signage, we're, like, speakeasy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't think there was another, like, kind of that style. I can't think of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We don't really call ourselves a speakeasy. Uh, Google does, certainly. Google calls us a Wes Anderson-themed speakeasy bar. Uh, Some people come in and are very upset that we don't have more Wes Anderson references and there wasn't a password at the door. Or we have, like, social media. Yeah. (laughs) There's a people. There's a people. (laughs) So, Kira, how long have you been here? I just started here um, a couple months ago. Um, but Matchsticks has been one of my favorite bars in Columbus since probably like 2017 and I never thought that I was qualified to work here um, or even really thought to apply Um, but I'm just like super fortunate to have been brought on and I'm truly loving it. So are you, what is your position here? Uh, I just started training on the bar last week Um, but again we all kind of wear the same hat. Um, we kind of just all do everything, whether it's support or serving or bartending. Um, it's just really a team effort. So is this your first bartending gig? No. Oh, okay. No. no, I've been bartending for four or five years, um, but I've been in the service industry for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So you were you just fell in love with this bar and you were like, I want to work here. Why did you think that you weren't qualified? Um... Just because I think the um, the level of execution that Matchsticks 
kind of has always had um it's just kind of a little intimidating Mm -hmm. um sometimes and it's like it requires you to have a lot of knowledge um and I've never really put together a cocktail program so just I'm it's probably just like a little bit of insecurity Mm -hmm. um because I'm I'm very knowledgeable I'm I'm very qualified I could probably work anywhere in this city but uh it's definitely just insecurity (laughs) 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 yeah i'll just be very honest i'm insecure (laughs) i'm qualified (laughs) um no i openly keep elevac tower and i also work at chapman's eat market in german village um and i've been kind of all over columbus but i just never i don't know chris is United States Bartenders Guild Top 100. <laughs> <laughs> Walking into that, it's just like a little intimidating, but it's also super inspiring because I'm yeah. like, I've known Chris for years and I met him when he was a bar back and to have seen like how much he's truly like grown and like is thriving in this place now is like very inspiring and it makes me like want to do more and like I could potentially do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Tess, how long have you been here? Um, I started like early September of last year, so not, not what quite a year. Here? Uh, I was working at Wolf's Ridge Brewery mm-hmm. and just kind of wanted to branch out a little bit more and kind of do something that was a little bit more interesting just because like it, it's a great place like Wolf's Ridge is really cool but you're just kind of pouring beers all day mm-hmm. and it gets kind of old after a while and I just wanted to work somewhere that was a little bit more engaging and interesting and learn some stuff and meet some cool people. So I applied and PJ hired me for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So have you learned some stuff? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) What do you think is the most important thing you've learned since you've been here? Um, I mean, we just like try stuff so often that it's, it's kind of like impossible to learn at a place that won't let you just like try something. So like a lot of bars will ask like, what's that? And they're like, oh, let me describe it to you verbally. And you never know what that is. Yeah. here they're just kind of like here try a little bit of it and then here's a cocktail that it's in and it's good very cool yeah also she won't ever bring it up but like she's like awesome designer and she's designed our like menus and like um anytime we have like a special event or something she's like done it so she's like a really talented artist nice that and then show them the drawings there's like all, little cocktails next to our all of our cocktails listed that she like hand drew and she so she did all of these oh well done and, Tess. And, like reformatted everything <laughs> but she i know she would never say it so <laughs> someone else has to say it very well done yeah so dolores aka or uh wh- tell me your names again <laughs> uh, my real name's lana baker but when i'm working here i go by dolores de luca Dolores Day, look at why? Why the two names? Are you in uh, the witness protection program? <laughs> oh, you know, I do like to say that I'm on the run from the feds, um, but I am. I'm a, a. I like to say I'm a second generation bootlegger or rum runner. Okay. My folks own a speak speakeasy in my home state, which um, is Virginia. Okay. So when I came here to Matchsticks, I just kind of pitched PJ my act. Because we had a character bar where everyone was dressed up in costumes. Okay. So I just kind of pitched to him the idea of server entertainment. Okay. So I like to... Is that why I thought you were British? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm Sicilian, actually. It's Dolores, don't do me wrong, De Luca. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and he went for it for some crazy reason. You know, Chris is a clown, and I guess I'm a little bit of a clown too, so. She's like, are you like willing to work with me if like I come to work like this? And I'm like, I have no idea. I've never encountered something like this before. <laughs> I remember being here that day, and, and Lana mm -hmm. came in in full flapper dress, like a, like, would you call it a hairnet type thing? Oh, like my, my finger waves and my pin curls and everything? But you yeah. had like some sort of like mesh thing with beads on oh, it or something yeah. on it. Costumes. Full <laughs> flapper, like dress, 1920s. Fur coat. She's like, you guys want to dress like this? <laughs> I was like, yeah. No, no. I was surprised. <laughs> not, she didn't tell us her real name. Like, the rest of the staff met her, and we were like, wait, what was your name? And she's like, in full character still, like, Dolores DeLuca. And we were like, and then she leans to PJ and is like, don't tell him my other name. And we were just like, what is, and then she like left, and all of us were just, and we were like, PJ sat us down and explained to us what just happened in that interview. <laughs> and all of us were just kind of like, I have no idea. Did PJ tell you his name really said PJ? <gasps> Your name's not PJ. Shh. Can we say that? <laughs> no. no secrets. I mean, there's lots of secrets. I mean, I call, I call PJ dad. <laughs> it's, a whole different, it's a whole different issue in my life. So, Dolores, your, your parents... Um, is it similar to this place, or...? Um, it's similar in the sense that it's a speakeasy with really cool lighting and cushy velvet seating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, their bar is extremely hardcore 1920s themed with a secret entrance and a passcode. Everyone's in character, everyone's in costume. All our backstories were intertwined and everything, so I pitched to PJ the idea of me just being in character 24-7 here and just freaking the guests out. I think that's an awesome idea. That's so interesting. I love that. It's a little weird that I'm the only one who does it here, but <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I leave like Dolores that. behind yeah. in Virginia. I had to bring her with me to Columbus. I love that's that. That's awesome. Oh, Dolores at Matchsticks is going to be the talk of the town very soon. <sighs> She's and already been here a while. <laughs> And, and you're a bartender as well? No, I'm not a bartender. Okay, what are you? What do you do here? Uh, I, I would call myself a server slash entertainer, okay. I think. Okay. I think I'm really genuinely just here for the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't share the passion for alcohol that these four share. I just okay. don't like to drink that much. Mm -hmm. um, but I do love crazy ideas, so... When we're talking about garnishes and the little spiels that we give with the drinks and the, that kind of stuff, I'm on top of it. But the, the palate, I'm still working on the palate. <laughs> I'm too much of a lightweight to grow it very quickly. Nothing wrong with that. And Chris, I know you're a bartender. Yes. How long have you been here? A uh, year and some change now. And you were where before? Uh, bounced around a couple places. I started at High Bank Distillery. Uh, met PJ through a, and actually you two, through a mm -hmm. co cocktail competition, Best of the Worst, at Denmark. Mm -hmm. uh, was kind of pushed a little bit to, to leave High Bank and kind of end up in more of a hardcore craft cocktail from there. Um, pandemic hit, uh, kind of spent those months just sitting there at, how, at my house researching how to make classics and buying a bottle and making those at home and kind of running through classics and learning that. Uh, ended up at Zaftig Italian Village, um, ended up being beverage manager there, put out a cocktail menu, uh, realized management is hard. Uh, it sucks. Mm -hmm. 
um, especially when you just kind of are thrown into it and don't really have a game plan or a mentor to get you through it initially. Uh, and so it was kind of miserable managing there because I wasn't ready for it. And saw PJ had put out a thing about uh, looking for bartenders. Um, DM'd him and was like, where at? And he was like, Grandview or Matchsticks is reopening. I was like, I would love to interview for that. Uh, only having heard of Matchsticks. I'd never actually been in um, because I was working at High Bank so much, I never had the chance to come in. And honestly, half the time Matchsticks is it's been five years now. I couldn't even drink when Matchsticks first opened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> legally. Uh, and so, like, came in, interviewed, uh, loved the space, and, like, helped to refinish the bar top to reopen for after COVID. Um, helped with the first menu some. And uh, kind of like Kiki was saying, like, was horrified. Because I came in, and I remember the first night, it was like a soft open. I was... We had two uber regulars who now are like, I know are great people, super chill, uh, but it was Laura and John who are like two super <laughs> uber regulars. Uh, they've done work on our bar before. They've put in the like purse hooks underneath the bar for us. They do amazing stuff for this bar. They're in front of me and uh, you know, all the bar staff, or PJ and Willie who's not at the bar with us anymore. He hasn't died, he just had a kid okay, and that's left. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Willie though, but uh, they were all kind of like nudging me like, don't mess it up, John and Laura are a big deal. And I was physically shaking so much, I was like <laughs> spilling out of my jigger. Uh, and I was just terrified my first day here. Because uh, the same thing, it was like, I'm, what am I doing here at this bar that is, you know, kind of like revered around the city as one of the greats mm -hmm. and it's 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 horrifying coming into that <laughs> uh, and then you have a great boss like PJ who is the best GM beverage manager all the titles that I've ever had uh, is very patient has never lost his cool on anyone as far as I know uh, if you're doing something wrong he'll tell you but he won't come and rip you a new one he'll just tell you hey don't do it like this. Do it like this. Never heard PJ yell. Never heard him yell. Um, <laughs> but like, I think at its core, uh, a bar starts with a great manager and who really pulls it all together. What a nice thing uh, to say, PJ. How does that make you feel? So. <laughs> not not only to hear that from from your worker, but also to know that you've created such an amazing place that's known all over Columbus and probably beyond. How does that feel? Um, it feels like Plato's allegory of the cave. Like I just live in this basement. I don't know what's going on outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of just do whatever. And then people come down like, this is great. I'm like, sure. <laughs> I have no reference. <laughs> that keeps it easy. Yeah. So um, I know PJ has taught you all a lot how many pie charts has he used in educating you? Any pie charts? Any, Zero. No. no. The only pie chart I've ever seen is the one you guys posted on one of the craft cocktail tours. Yeah. That I, as soon as I saw, I went, oh my god. Uh, and then reposted it because I was like, yeah, this is exactly how this guy's brain works. Like, oh, just. I need to make you guys some pie charts. Yeah, who doesn't <laughs> have a pie chart? Yeah. I know. I haven't seen any pie charts oh. yet. 
So tell me about the process of creating cocktails a few days. Is it a collaboration or how does it work? Um, I definitely think it, I mean, it starts with like a small siege and like kind of like a, a general like idea and like you can absolutely like hone in on it, but then you bring it to your, your, your people and then you're tasting it and they give you ideas and they're like, how about this? Well, how, what if we do this? We need to scale this back a little bit or bring it up a little bit. And, um, it should be torn apart. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, honestly. Um, and so it is exactly what you want it to be. And so then once you get to that point where you all are in agreement that it's a good cocktail, then you take a step back and go, wait, will the public like this also? Because your palate might be a little different and more refined than the regular person. Do you ever do, do, you ever do that? So we have what are, is called a pitch meeting. Our drink menu currently has 16 drink, craft cocktails on it. Um, so we're pitching more than that mm -hmm. as a group. PJ uh, will come in with like 15 every time. Uh, but the rest of us will come in with at least three or four. Overachiever. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the man's brain doesn't stop. But, uh, but we'll all come in with like a good amount of ideas. And then it comes as more of like a, you know, which ones were our best? Which ones did we all like the most? And then also there is a balance of like, we can't have 15 drinks that are all Fernet based on the menu. Uh, the general public won't like that. Uh, you know, so Please, there is it. a balance of like, we need certain spirits shaken and stirred, um, and also certain styles of like something over soda or bubbles or something like that. Maybe an egg white, like, we want to have an egg white cocktail on this menu, so we need, like, make sure we have at least one egg white cocktail. Do we have a drink that would benefit from adding an egg white to it then? Um, and sort of that thing. Uh, stuff over rocks, stuff in coops, also just as a glassware balance. Um, because if everything is in rocks, we're going to run out of glassware in 30 seconds at this bar. So, I feel like every cocktail I've ever ordered at this bar has been like, the presentation is almost as good as the cocktail itself. Is that, do you guys put a lot of thought into how you're going to present it and your little magic tricks and so forth? Literal. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because like you eat with your eyes. And also, like, not gonna lie, these drinks are expensive, and so it's like kind of like a little lackluster when you just slab a, a coupe in front of someone. And there's nothing on it, but like you're coming into the, this basement, and there's no windows. Again, like you don't know what the outside world's doing. You know, it could just be on fire, and you you have no idea. And um, it wouldn't matter because you're here. Yeah, plenty of cocktails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, don't, I think like just being in this other world kind of experience where you're just like in. You're here. The the booth that we're sitting in right now it like blocks you in. So it's like when you want to present something to someone, give them this drink. You also want like something to go along with it. You know, that goes further than just like oh, it tastes great. You know, like you want it to make it look good. You want it to be more of an experience. Um, and that in itself has been like kind of a struggle because our last menu was like almost too much of an experience. Where like um, I think you guys came here for that where we had like the Kihiki cocktail yes. where we had like a five minute spiel mm -hmm. and we built it in front of the guests like, I love that so much it was great but like we found <laughs> that it just like took us away from being able yeah. to like interact with other customers sure. you know it like was that experience was awesome but it was at a hindrance of each customer because then like when someone needs something it's like where are they oh you're giving the speech three times in a row to mm -hmm. three other people and then other people like so trying to find the balance of like the experience but still being able to be flexible and like meet all the guest standards and everything. Do you guys have a favorite cocktail on the menu? Mine is 
Tessa's cut one of Tessa's three days off. The green tea with the fur fur furry cocky? Furra cocky? Furry cocky. Yeah, that. It's great. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it's just a rice seasoning, so it's generally something they'll put inside onigiri, which is just a rice ball. Um, it's like get... a garnish on the drink. It's on the outside. Of the yeah. Glass. It's kind of like salt for a margarita. Yeah. yeah, it's got that great, savory, but, salty, sweet uh, thing you, going on. They can get really complex. It can be like have uh, fish dust and that sort of thing in it. We kept ours really simple just to make sure that there weren't any dietary restrictions. So it's literally basically seaweed, sea salt, and black and white sesame seeds. Where did you even hear about this? The seasoning? Yeah. It's pretty trendy right now. Is it? It's super trendy. Yeah. It's I'll on everything. So I, I grew up a lot in Japanese culture. I know Tess uh, frequents Tensuke, which is a Japanese market around the corner on Old Henderson. Mm -hmm. Garnish was PJ's idea, actually, to put yeah. on the outside specifically. The like flavors in the drink were already pretty like Japanese-inspired. Um, I really like Japanese whiskey and flavors. like. Um, my sibling's husband is Japanese, and I lived with them for a while, so like it was a really big influence in my cooking when I was younger. Okay. Um, so I got pretty into those flavors and wanted to kind of make a drink that reminded me of that stuff. So there's like some umeshu, which is like a plum line in it that's sweet, but like almost has a little bit of saltiness to it. So the drink is kind of savory. So we like also put some maggie in it, which is kind of like soy sauce. So there's a tiny bit of savoriness to it, and then that like the fur cocky on the side really brings that out, which was really smart of PJ to think of. I think that's a great example of how every time we would pitch something, PJ would refine it and just like yeah. take it to the next level. Like so my drink on the menu is a glass of a hot girl's bath water, which was originally just like, I want this to look like so. <laughs> but PJ was able, like I said, my palate's not very refined or mature, and PJ was able to take that, like, I want this to look like soap and turn it into something super delicious. Like glass of a hot girl's bath water, PJ added, I, we said chocolate, and PJ added the creme de cacao, and the cardamom wasn't original, like all these little touches, little touches that I would never cross my mind, like let's put a little cardamom, sprinkle a little cardamom in there, but that's PJ. Yeah, only thing I care about is that rubber ducky. Rubber ducky is the best part. Plastic <laughs> ducky. <laughs> Yeah, PJ is the best. Like, the garnish. I'll die yeah. on the hill. Yeah. yeah, perfect. I'll die on the hill that PJ is the best in the city at balancing out a drink. The cocktails that you serve are an experience in in, in themselves. I mean, it's just um, and the the whole space. Like, who thought of the books? Was that you, PJ? No, it was like when I before I even came on. I think because like the movie is inspired by like a a book that wasn't even like an actual book. Uh, they were like. They just thought, like, let's have them in the books, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of, like, the bones, like, like was already in place. Like, the secret menus in the back, we're using, like, the library cards, ordering through, like, we have, like, that front room that has, like, a secret door that you put your order in and you knock, um, and ordering on library cards over there, too. Um, yeah, a lot of it was, like, already in place. All right, well, tell us, PJ, how our listeners can find you and what your hours are and if you have a happy hour. Uh, so we're located at 5601 North High. It's uh, just south of Worthington. Um, we're underneath Natalie's Coal Fire Pizza. If you walk up onto the patio and you walk into the window, you will be stopped by the window. But if you turn right, there will be a st stair set that's right there. 
uh, and you'll see a big giraffe. That's where our door is. <laughs> don't. Yes, giraffe. <laughs> there is a giraffe. Don't go out back to the alleyway. Yeah, don't go to the alleyway. Google will lead you the wrong way. Just go to the parking lot. Um, we're open Wednesday through Sunday, uh, 5 o'clock every day. One of the biggest questions is when do we close, and it's kind of just we decide when to close. Uh, we'll usually stay open to when our kitchen is open, but um, we'll close depending on volume. So it might be 11 o'clock, it might be 2 o'clock, who knows, uh, 2 a.m. And, uh, yeah. How, do you have a full kitchen, a full kitchen menu? So we used to have, like, a, our own special menu, um, but just, like, back of house employment is, like, really hard to come by. So our kitchen staff up at Natalie's was just, like, getting super stressed running two menus, and, like, people were coming down here enough anyways asking for pizza. So, like, mm -hmm. we're just running the Natalie's menu, which has okay. been, like, almost, like... Makes sense. Yeah, I've heard, like, almost zero complaints about it. Everyone's, like, super excited to have right. their pizza and, like... I don't know, pizza and a cocktail? Like, right. Yeah, can't I'm talking about it. Yeah. Who would have thought to do pizza and craft cocktails together? Yeah. <laughs> it's never been a bar like that in Columbus. <laughs> but I think all that anyone really cared about anyways was the duck fat popcorn. And we did yeah, push right. that on. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like when I realized that it wasn't the same menu. I was like, okay, but do we still have popcorn? Yeah. yeah. And that's always the question. <laughs> exactly. They're like, they're like, oh, but there's popcorn, right? And like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> Actually, that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's that fat popcorn is still here. Yes. People will riot in the streets the day that goes away. Yeah. I, would fight for, I would fight yeah. for some popcorn. Yeah. Uh, it's not be our first it's protest so here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. The protesters. Were, did you have protesters up here? Uh, yeah, yeah, because at one point we were doing, um, because upstairs is a music venue, they were requiring uh, vaccination codes uh, or uh, cards. And because, like, the owners were just firm believers in just, like, being vaccinated, so they wanted to have, like, this incentive for people to get vaccinated. Um, and so, like, the first weekend, I think we had it, there was, like, a bunch of, there was, like, 40 to 50 people outside protesting signs and everything. Bombs against Some guys spit on somebody, and it was just weird. What? Yeah. I'm sure they'd never been to Natalie's anyway, right? Yeah, that's what I thought, too, because <laughs> I went out and I looked at them, I'm like, I don't recognize any of these people. It's not like they're regulars, but... Yeah. The, the solution was really nice, though. The Whirlybirds, who played every Saturday anyway uh, upstairs, uh, they do a Swinging Wings event. Um, you can go to that, and then you can come down here and get craft cocktails. Casual pitch. Nice uh, plug, dude. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, Joe. They're inside now, but they were, <laughs> they're inside now, but they were outside on the patio uh, last summer. Uh, they would do it. Um, and their solution was just to bring bigger speakers and play louder than yeah, the protesters. So they're uh, them out. With the Whirlybirds playing music really loudly over the protesters. That's and then down here, I think upstairs and downstairs both broke record sales, so great job, protesters. Yeah, so awesome. many people came out to, like, counter-protest yeah. the protesters. Right. Like, awesome. It, like, definitely was, like, the opposite reaction they probably wanted because, yeah, we were super busy and, like, all these like, old regulars came and old employees came. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, a really... It was really like heartwarming, actually. Yeah. And then one great. of the old, um, you met Jeremy upstairs, right? Old Jeremy, big Jeremy. <laughs> old Jeremy. Yeah. I'm not sure. He um, he came and like one of the protesters were getting in his face and they like tried to make a joke like, "Are you Natalie?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm Natalie." Like we're all Natalie. And then like it kind of became this thing. Everyone on the patio was like, "We're Natalie. We're oh, all Natalie." You know, it's just awesome. like, yeah. I'm Natalie. <laughs> 
and he's like huge guy you know he's yeah. so it's just funny when he's like I'm Natalie it's <laughs> <laughs> like that's just all this like, what are you Nat- Natalie yeah <laughs> yeah shout out to Natalie our fearless leader yeah Nat daddy <laughs> yeah and like yeah Natalie and Charlie her, her um Charlie's her father and they're co-owners of this place like um like they're they're amazing like they they're so thorough in everything they do they like they think things over as much as we do with cocktails down here they run their business the same way um they're super um fostering of creativity uh anybody who wants to do anything like they're just like do it you know chris is a magician chris is a magician uh, chris, uh they're like do mu- do magic do magic you know tessa's like design they're like yeah do do the design like natalie was super supportive of uh dolores coming out too she was like yeah let's see how this goes like um comedy night one of our guys who used to work here did comedy and they're like yeah let's put it together like they're like if it's creative like they want to make sure people are like getting their creative abilities out there and like like people are heard from the waist up yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's so cool july 13th wait what is it our stand up from the waist up it's like a comedy night that we have here at matchsticks and the comedians perform behind the bar so you can only see them waist up so okay. it's like they're doing stand up like from the waist up yeah. and that's July 13th <laughs> July 13th and it's bi-monthly September September, September to after August yes July, and speaking August. of whirlybirds and magic no uh, there's an unofficial date of Chris doing magic with the swinging band the whirlybirds and I'm putting the pressure on right now <laughs> because they have a date and they have not established anything else so now they have to it's official what is it, what's the date August, August 14th August 14th yeah. It's generally the first Wednesday of the month. I guess technically this month it's the second. Um, and it's every other month. And people go online to Natalie's or... Uh, Matchsticks. I go yeah. to the Matchsticks website. We'll have like a, a link to the, the comedy night. If somebody has gift cards to Natalie's, can they use them here mm-hmm. also? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whether it's Grandview or upstairs, yeah, they're here. Good and they can use Matchsticks ones at other places too. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's good, good to know. Yeah. Uh, Tess is going to put out an unhappy hour on Thursdays that she's been working towards. Tess, tell How about us you tell about us about that? that. Oh PJ just throwing people out. Tess, <laughs> Tess not, tell us about the unhappy hour. It's not that thought out yet. Um, I just want to, I like bartend on Thursdays and I just want to play my golf music that I like <laughs> and have people be sad at the bar. <laughs> 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 uh, we're, I mean, Red wine like, special, yeah, like so an all black that, like, cocktail, like, yeah, like like maybe a, a special black cocktail, and then like some discounts on the red wines we have, or something like that. Do you have to wear like, black to come in, or no? Um, this is actually like really out of character for me. I'm wearing like a white shirt today. <laughs> it um, says black. It does say black seven. <laughs> <laughs> we usually yeah. only wear black, um, and. I just think it would be fun for people to come in and be just like alone and quiet at the bar <laughs> <laughs> while they listen to Susie and the Banshees. Nice. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Definitely. Now it's gotta happen. Uh, we do service industry night every Sunday. Yeah. Um, 15% off for all of us service industry folks. $2 snackeries, free duck fat popcorn, and it's usually me and Chris. Uh, just agents of chaos. <laughs> it's our chaos night. It's our chaos night. Yeah. Yeah. We had some people come in uh, two days ago on Sunday that were like, they're like, we see you have service industry, we're, we're nurses. And I was like, yeah, sure, screw it. Like, <laughs> you know, you've gone through a lot Absolutely. this year. Absolutely. Yeah, if anyone deserves it, they definitely do. Yeah. So it's 20% off. 
percent off if someone like has their healthcare. Oh, cool. Credentials. Yeah. And then we have uh, break-even bottles on Wednesday, where yeah. you can come in and get like a really expensive pour or something for like super cheap. Maybe mm-hmm. one per person. Yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. One per person. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Nice. But That's awesome. It's a good way to try like expensive but, stuff. Like and that it. might be like a forty-five dollar pour, but then you can try it for like nine. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh, like that's cool. And then you don't have to worry about like you can find out if you like it or not. You know. So it's right. just like a nice, easy way to like get introduced to like these really high-end things that kind of seem a little on a pedestal. Yeah. And I th- I think like that's also part of Matchsticks at its core is like, yes, we're here to do good drinks. We're here to give people great service. But then another goal is to have everyone that comes in here leave with like a little bit more knowledge about drinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we the, have a glossary in our book mm-hmm. um, that's like, as soon as you open the menu, it's the first page, and it's a two-page glossary of either, it can be anything as simple as to what absinthe is to what a milk wash is, um, and just kind of explain that process so that you're not reading this list of ingredients at a bar, at a craft cocktail bar in a basement, very lost, not having any idea what's going on. Like, we want, we don't want to be pretentious. We want the public to learn. We want them to know what they're drinking. Um, and to test this point earlier, like, what we do with the staff, everyone tastes things. We do that with customers, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll be like, what's chartreuse? And it's, like, really hard to describe because you can be like, oh, well, it's, like, a little herbal, but it's also citrusy, but it's also really hot, but it's also a little sweet, and it's just, like, here, just try it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, we're, like, not shy and just being like, we'll have a little sip, you know? Tell yeah. me what you think of it. Like, what's it like for you? Because uh, that also might just shine light back on us where it's like, oh, I never thought of it. Like, they might just give some tasting note we never mm-hmm. picked up on. And then you notice it in the cocktail. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what flavors are it's making. Yeah. It's picking Absolutely. out. Yeah, yeah. I can say personally, I mean, just having worked here for like a little less than two months, I feel like I have learned more than I have in the last year. Wow. In the two months that I've been here. And like... It's nearly impossible to walk in this building and not learn something. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's very, that's very exciting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that that's what I want. I want to I want to continuously grow and and just learn. Like I seek out knowledge, and I am passionate about food, and I'm passionate about cocktails. And like when I feel like I'm not learning and I'm not growing, I feel stagnant, and it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to keep those creative juices flowing. Exactly. Yeah, and that's something that I genuinely appreciate about Matchsticks, for sure. That is definitely the environment that PJ and Chris and Tess, who have been there the longest out of all of us so far, all of us sitting here, that is the environment they have fostered, for sure, is education. I remember when I first started here, every, like, time I would be leaving or every time I would see PJ again, it was, what did you learn last last shift? Did you try anything new? (laughs) something super important to mention we have been doing a feature cocktail the name of the cocktail is to be modern women or as I like to call it put yourself in my shoes um, <laughs> but three dollars of the proceeds of every cocktail that we sell are going to Planned Parenthood um, and it's a tequila lychee blue curacao citrus and spice cocktail um, if the cocktail doesn't really sound up your alley or your jam, you can definitely just donate to Planned Parenthood. Um, yeah. I love that. That's amazing. But yeah, it was easily our best-selling cocktail this week. 
Yeah, we sold 73 of them. Yeah, 73 of them. It like doubled any other cocktail this week, which is awesome to see. There were also some extra Mm -hmm. like just donations of people who who made it up that tasted it. DJ made it up, yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. This has been a Last Call Productions production.